0: Good morning, everyone. My name is Red Seville. I'm the director of New Life CDC. Hope you don't mind me dressing a little casual today just because we wanted to rock this T-shirt, New Life CDC T-shirt. Again, that's it's available downstairs for sale at 10 bucks downstairs in the Shell Room. When you buy it, the proceeds go to the program of your choice. So you can check that out later in the Shell Room. We're in the Vision Series uh, going through our 5Ms today. We focus on our missional value there to the right where we offer ourselves... To the world. If you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. One of the ushers can get you one. We're in the passage of Luke 4, starting in verse 18. The title of the talk is The Jubilee and Bridging the Economic Divide. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our gathering here. Father, simply what we ask is that your Holy Spirit uh, continue to move in our midst that he will compel us to follow you as you work in the lives here in this local neighborhood and beyond. Compel us by your spirit to follow you on mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Many of you guys are familiar with this game of Monopoly, one of the most popular games in history. Uh, The goal of the game, if you're not familiar, is to get as much cash and as much property as you can. You guys know the game can go on for hours and hours and hours. And one thing is very clear, as you, as you play and as the game progresses, the wealth and the riches and all the property begin to amass to the few. And it's great if you're on the winning end, isn't it? But if you're on the losing end, it's horrific. You go bankrupt, you lose all your houses, You go penniless, and every single cell in your body says, Can we please just start over? You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys have played this game. The divide is punishing. And unfortunately, in our real world, uh, we see this divide. And sometimes it takes a natural disaster, like what happened in Puerto Rico, to highlight these inequalities. The Associated Press writes that the Hurricane Maria recovery highlights these inequalities. And while 80% of the island remains without power, New York Times, Associated Press write wealthier residents are sealed up in their air-conditioned homes with their generators and bottled water while the poorest still sleep among wreckage, swatting mosquitoes and sweltering heat and trying to secure enough water. And that's just not around the globe, but even in our local community here, I was reminded of where this gentleman that I recently met sleeps. And he sleeps in an alleyway like this uh, in a building. And so the super lets him in late at night where the garbage is stored and he sleeps there. The super lets him out really early in the morning just to repeat the process on a daily basis. And we know that the divide is quite real. I don't know if you're like me, but there's something inside that just longs for something better. There's just a longing. And why do we long for something like that? Why do we long for this divide to be bridged? I'll tell you why. Because we, as followers of Jesus Christ, belong to a kingdom where there is no poor, where there is no division, where there is no forgotten. And the Holy Spirit inside of us wants to bring that kingdom here. That's why there's that longing. So the question for us is in light of our missional value here at New Life, and no matter where you are in the spectrum economically, the question is, how do we allow God to use us in bridging the social and economic divide? How does that longing inside of us come to life? And so I'm glad that in the book of Luke in chapter 4, God introduces something that can bridge this divide between the haves and the have-nots. And it's not a law or a command. It's actually this missional anointing, this gift of empowerment from God, this blessing. And it's a missional anointing that can change lives and communities. And here's the good news for everyone in this room. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God wants to fill you with that anointing. God wants to empower you with that anointing in Luke chapter 4. So much so that not only does it bring change in your life, but it brings change around you. It's packed with power. And even before we pray, we're going to ask for that anointing in the middle of our sermon here. But even simply as you listen, my prayer is the Holy Spirit begins to come on you. And there's this thirst, this hunger for mission that arises inside of you. And so let's go to Luke chapter 4 starting in verse 18. These are the words of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is Jesus and his first public speech, and it is filled with mission. But for us to fully understand what's happening in Luke 4, we need to go back to Leviticus 25 and Isaiah 61 because he's actually referencing those two passages. And so in Leviticus 25, uh, there's this law that got my attention when I first started looking at it almost 10 years ago, and I fell in love with this piece of legislation that came through Moses so much so that I decided to name my daughter after it. You guys know her as Violet, but her first name is Jubilee. I just thought that I'd put that in. In Leviticus 25, verse 10, God told the people through Moses, consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a Jubilee year for you. Designed to be implemented every 50 years, check out what this legislation was designed to do and how beautiful it is. It was meant to set people free from slavery and debt, to restore your right to own your own land, to foster the release of wealth and power by the rich, to bridge the divide between rich and poor. Imagine a law that that wiped out all forms of slavery by releasing all slaves. Imagine a law that brought back the homes of people who were kicked out because of foreclosure or eviction. Imagine for a second that grandma's house that you grew up in, that you used to visit, was lost because of foreclosure, and then grandma goes into debt trying to make ends meet, and then 50 years later, the jubilee comes and somebody says, you know that house that we grew up in, grandma's house? It's back on our name now and that debt was canceled. That's the Jubilee. Imagine a law that wiped out all credit card debt and all school loans. How many of you would like that? Where is this Jubilee? And so the question is, was it ever done? Was it ever done? And so we'll see in a moment what we do know that Isaiah wrote about the Jubilee in Isaiah 61. And where it reads, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness, for prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I love it in Isaiah 61 because he doesn't just touch the economic. If you look there on the bottom, the highlighted phrases, he touches on the emotional and the spiritual when he talks about binding up the brokenhearted, and release from darkness for prisoners. And so, but, he, but here's a question. Why did Isaiah, during that time period, have to give this language of hope? Why did he give this language of restoration? And if you read through the chapters in Isaiah, Isaiah 58 specifically, you, you will see what was happening in that day. The poor were being oppressed by the rich. Workers were being exploited by those with power. The hungry, homeless, and the vulnerable were being neglected by the people of God. What's sad is that many of these inequalities are still happening today, and even in our very neighborhood where we gather weekly. Some of us have very comfortable housing, and yet others are sleeping in alleyways or under overpasses in Flushing Meadow Park. Some have access to great health care, and others that we meet through the health center are buried in medical bills. Healthcare is hard to reach. And some have great employment, while others who sit here in this room are trying to make it by on 900 bucks a month. If you're paying rent in NYC, that wipes that out real, real fast. And when I think of these families and individuals, it's like they're on this losing end of this monopoly game that's just gone on for far too long. And it's easy for me and many of you as well, possibly. It's for me to be able to, it's for me to ignore what's happening, uh, maybe because I'm on the winning end of that game or I'm busy trying to get there. Or maybe it's just because of the pace of life, the poor have simply become imp- invisible. And so the question is for us, is there something that we can do What can we do? And first of all, I'm here to let you know that God is not worried. This doesn't take him by surprise. He knew that this would happen, and that's why he introduced the jubilee. But sadly, going back to whether or not this jubilee actually took place, sadly, this jubilee was never lived out. For more than a 1,000 years, it was never lived out. Why? Maybe like you and me, The people of God simply rebelled, they sinned, and they went their own way. For more than a thousand years, after it was written, it was never lived out until Luke chapter 4. And so let's go back there for a moment in Luke chapter 4, where Christ is speaking. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then at the bottom he says, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And so wait a second. This is Isaiah 61. This is Leviticus 25. And then when Jesus preached this, as he began to minister, he did not just address the spiritual and physical when he brought healing, but he addressed the social and economic divide. This was the jubilee coming forth, is what was happening. He began to embody and do the jubilee. What did he do? He shared space with the marginalized. He proclaimed good news to the literal poor. Bible teachers will tell you that Jesus spoke more about money and possessions than about heaven and hell. He set people free from the grip of riches. He brought restoration to the forgotten poor. And so for more than a 1,000 years, this jubilee was never lived out, but Jesus Christ ushers it in. He ushers it in. And it's like Jesus was saying, this was such a tremendous statement, not just for the people of that time, but for all of humanity, especially for us here and for the, for the poor and the marginalized. It's like Jesus was saying to the people, you've been in poverty long enough, your Deliverer has now come. You've been weighed down by the crushing weight of this world, the Messiah will lift you up. You've been crying out long enough, wipe those tears because your Savior has arrived. That's what he was saying. What a statement. But we, we need to see or, or be reminded that this, that this bridging is not just it's not just the economic divide that Jesus does because that just makes him a glorified nonprofit. That's not all he did. We need to see him for who he is because there was a bigger plan. You see, the biggest divide is not between the rich and poor. It's not between the 1% and the rest of the nation. It's not the divide between the Upper East Side and Elmhurst Corona. The bigger divide is this chasm between the riches of heaven and the wretchedness of sinful earth. That's the bigger picture of the haves and have-nots. And so when Jesus came from heaven to earth, he brought everything with him. He said, all that belongs to the Father belongs to me. And so it's like Jesus comes with this caravan full of spiritual blessing. And when he comes to a repentant people, he makes all that he has available to us. He says, forgiveness is yours. He says, restoration is yours. He says, adoption is yours. He says, eternal life is yours. All that belongs to Father, I make available to you. And so Jesus wasn't just a good man bridging rich and poor. Jesus is this generous, gracious God who brings heaven down to earth. This is who he is. And so here's the invitation for us. As he modeled just a fraction of that mission, the mission of bridging divide between rich and poor, here's the invitation for us. And it's really a response to this love of God. He sends us to do the same. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. If you're like me, you ask, but how? Because I'm not Jesus. Well, the good news is that the power source that was a work in Jesus Christ is also can be a work in you you have access to that same power source that Jesus credits in Luke chapter 4. And so what, or more accurately, who is that power source? And it's the Holy Spirit and his anointing. How do I know that? Let's just go back to Luke chapter 4, where he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to do this work. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who makes this possible. Now, why is that fantastic news? It's fantastic news because the Holy Spirit wasn't just for Jesus, but rather for all followers of Jesus. I love that. And so let me, let me illustrate this for a moment here. So let's say, for instance, you're the kind of person who loves um, engaging in neighborhood issues and there's a friend named Johnny who goes up to you and says, hey, I've been engaging these neighborhood issues and I feel great. And then you ask Johnny, well, how did that happen? And then Johnny says to you, well, I went to this person named Jesus and I said, I need help. Can you come help me? And then Jesus did something strange. What Jesus did was, He took this large bottle of oil and he just poured it over my head. And then you say to Johnny, Well, that's just gross. Like, what was that like? Wasn't that messy? And then Johnny said, It was. But you know what? I felt power. He said, I felt power. And then you go back to Johnny and you say, well, can I get some of that oil? And then he says, you get it on Amazon. (laughs) He didn't say that. He said, well, you got to go to Jesus. You got to let him know that you need him. And then you ask him to pour that oil over you. The Holy Spirit is that oil. And Jesus can pour him All over you. Am I the only one excited about that? (laughs) Listen, when we, how does this happen? When we recognize that we are sinful and we are repentant and we ask Jesus to forgive our sin and we invite him in as savior and king, he dwells inside of us. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. And when we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, and when you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, he will do it. I may not know when, but if you ask him to fill you, he will do it. He will do it. And so now I'm going to do something unconventional here and just stop in the middle of this sermon and we're going to ask. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit of God to fill us, anoint us. And there might be some of you, you're you're feeling a hunger and desire, and that's beautiful. It could be the Holy Spirit just working in you even right now. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads, I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, that we know that you are present here. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Come, Holy Spirit, fill your people. And so may the Spirit of the Lord come upon you now in Jesus' name. And may he anoint you now in Jesus' name, that you might proclaim good news to the poor, that you might proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. May you be filled now in Jesus' name, I ask. So now some of you may be just feeling the Holy Spirit upon you. You can keep your head down. You can remain in that posture or you can look up. As I continue this sermon, uh, you do what feels right as you hear the Holy Spirit's voice on you. And so you can remain your head bowed. I won't think you're sleeping. Or you can look up. And so now, if the Holy Spirit and his his anointing is a power source for the Jubilee, then we can access that Holy Spirit as well. So, So what does that mean? If the Holy Spirit is this power source and we have access to the Holy Spirit of God through Christ, then that means that we usher in the Jubilee as well. So that means we are all meant to be walking Jubilees. And so let me just give you a quick snapshot of what this looked like for one individual. He was zapped by the Holy Spirit. It's my playful way of describing the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. He was zapped. And then he begins to cook these loads of food to the point where his roommates were getting upset because they were, he was hogging up the kitchen and the roommates thought that he was cooking for them and so they were excited about that. But then the food would just disappear. And so it turned out that this person was just anointed by the Spirit of God, begins to cook, puts it in small containers, and then begins to distribute it to the homeless in parks. And when his roommates found out, they actually joined him in the process. And so that was just a picture. It's an, it's an echo of the jubilee ushered in by Jesus Christ. And the beautiful thing about that is we don't have to wait every 50 years for this to come around. Now this can happen every time a Christian shows up. Empowered by the Spirit. And so I just want to point out as well, that was an example of an after effect here, but I want to point out some after effects from Scripture. And I'll point out some two things, just two. One is there's this anointing that comes by the Spirit of God, And there's this joyful redistribution of resources that results. And this protection and restoration of the poor. And I'll just point out three three examples here. One is in John the Baptist, who was filled with the Spirit as well. John the Baptist, in Luke chapter 3, you should look at this later on, just know that Luke chapter 3, when people were coming to John the Baptist, he begins to preach, and then he preaches, anyone who has two shirts or two coats, two tunics, should share with the one who has none. The first ever recorded coat drive in history. And then he says, anyone who has food should do the same. That's a glimpse of this joyful redistribution compelled by the Spirit. And then soldiers and tax collectors go up to him, and then he says to them, don't collect more than you have to. Do not extort. And so there's this protection, this restoration of the vulnerable. And then in Zacchaeus, look at this person of, of, of Zacchaeus in, in Luke chapter 19. So this tax collector is visited by Christ. Jesus Christ visits his home. And then at some point during that gathering, Zacchaeus stands up. He gives away half of his possessions to the poor. And then when I first read that, I'm wondering, well, why did you keep the other half? But if you read through that passage, he said, if I've cheated anyone, I will pay them four times the amount. That was the Holy Spirit that descended on that home. And then Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. You know, for me, when I when I read through Zacchaeus, I'm just reminded of this one point where um, uh, my wife and I just felt this invitation to um to give this uh donation. And it wasn't a super large donation, but uh it was the it was the biggest that she and I gave together. Um, and I, go, I, don't, I don't consider myself rich, but um, there's this one teacher who said that if you're in the United States and if you have more than enough, brother, you are rich. And so I recognized that. And so there was this Holy Spirit power that was at work within us. Um, and I, I was afraid to give this, to give this check I was wondering am I am I going to have to give up my Netflix? Am I is that what I'm going to have? Is that what I'm going to have to do? Am I? But we gave this check and you know what you know what I felt? There was this freedom that I felt. There was this freedom from the grip of riches. It felt good, but my prayer to God became, God, please don't ask me to do that again. <laughs> but that was the jubilee at work within us. And then in Acts chapter 4, this just last example, there's a beautiful picture of this joyful redistribution and a restoration of the poor in Acts chapter 4. And I'll just read that for us. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. All that, there, that, so that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Oh my gosh, that's hard, isn't it? But the Jubilee power was at work after the Holy Spirit, after he was poured out. There's this bridging of class divide, a reconciliation between rich and poor, a restoration for those in need. And it's a glimpse of the kingdom of God, and it's meant to start in the church. What an invitation. And so here are just some practical applications for us, as you maybe sense the Holy Spirit working in you. Maybe, um, maybe for you, 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 feel, you feel that invitation um, for that joyful redistribution. And these are just some of the programs that I'm going to highlight for New Life CDC. Again, you can find out more in the shell room downstairs. But New Life CDC is a great space to be able to make room for the fleshing out and the practical next steps of this anointing. And so maybe for you, it's this joyful redistribution, giving to those in need through the health center, uh, which is open today downstairs in the shell room and the food pantry, just as Jeff mentioned. Or for you, you really want to fund this small business endeavor through success groups. Or maybe there's some of you know, you know the effects of this economic divide, especially as it pertains to academic achievement. And so you love coming alongside children, um, this not going through. Could okay. Maybe maybe for you it's coming alongside the the boosters club or story time. There are there are parents that literally come up to us weeping. Uh, why are they weeping? Uh, because they recognize that they cannot give the kind of support that their children need. Sometimes there's a language barrier. Sometimes they can't be at home because they have to work and they can't afford after-school programming. And so there's a way where you can sponsor some of these families. Or for you, your heart is in education. There's a launch that we're partnering with of this local school called the M Community Charter School. And the reason why we're doing that is because the district is overcrowded. And so you want to come alongside that. Or for you, um, maybe you sense that um, it's time for you to mentor under some of these programs or to even bring your kids to be part of this, uh, to mentor under Cub Scouts or Girl Scouts or be part of the Young Governors. Or maybe some of you, um, you want to receive some free training uh, under ESL and teach the gift of language or maybe even serve as a translator for many of these programs, especially if you speak Chinese or Spanish and, and for me, I, I, I knew the invitation that was coming to me um, as these Spanish speakers were um, coming in, some of these day laborers were coming in, uh, I, I felt this just invitation to begin to build relationships with them. And I knew what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, they need to learn English first before I build bridges." And then the Holy Spirit said, "No, no, 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 no. You have to learn Spanish. And then I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> they have to learn English. And then the Holy Spirit won. And then so, entonces estoy practicando mi español. I'm practicing, I'm practicing my Spanish. But again, it's that bridging uh, because of this anointing of God that comes on the people and the followers of Jesus Christ. And so let me have the worship team come up. Uh, I just want to end with a story. There was this one new lifer uh, who shared, who decided to share her, her birthday uh, with some of the folks coming in through our doors um, through the homeless ministry. And I asked her, I asked her, why? why did you do this? She spends time with them and spent her birthday with them. And then I asked her, and um, she wrote, she wrote this text. And she said, I always want them to feel welcome and that they know on Thursdays they will be treated kindly with a smile and some friendly chatter. I wanted to share my birthday because I wanted to include them. We are not strangers, she writes. What a beautiful picture. There's this day of remembrance that's spent With the forgotten. And then at the end, there, as I invite the worship team to come up, she writes, and who doesn't like cake? (laughs) So just what a beautiful picture of sharing. And so let me invite you to stand up, let me pray for everyone here. I'm just stalling because I think the worship team is supposed to come up now. Where's Nelson? And so uh, let, me, let me pray for us. Would you bow your heads? And so, Father, we ask you again, oh, God. And maybe there are some of you here you've never received Christ as Savior and Lord. You attend church and you know of Jesus, you know about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus because you've never received him as Savior and King. And so just with your, your heads bowed, if that's you and you want to receive Christ now as Savior and King, I want you to lift up your hand. means that you are handing over your life to him who loves you the most. And so if that's you, there's a prayer team that'll come up in a moment, or you can speak to some of the staff here as well so that we can talk about your next steps. And so for the rest of you, let me just pray this prayer of blessing over you before I invite Rich up. Mm -hmm. May the spirit of God come upon you and may he anoint you now in Jesus' name that you might proclaim good news to the poor and that you might proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and that God might use you to set the oppressed free. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's sing and then Rich will close us.
1: Let's thank Red for teaching us today and uh, for leading our CDC. Just let's, let's put our hands together. Our CDC is has become what it is uh, in great part because of Red's leadership. Uh, day in and day out, Red lives what he preaches. Uh, he has great vision for our community and we're, we're incredibly blessed to have him. Uh, I want to have our prayer team come forward as we close the service here. And uh, Jesus Christ is our Jubilee. When he says today this, this word has been fulfilled in your hearing, what he's saying is the Jubilee that you've heard about is actually standing in front of you. I'm here. The prisoners can be set free. The brokenhearted can be healed. The poor can be cared for. Jesus is our jubilee. And what I love about the gospel is there's this great exchange where Jesus comes and comes from heaven. The incarnation is about God emptying himself, this rich God becoming poor so that we might become rich. It's a beautiful, great exchange of what the gospel is. And uh, this word is for us today. And so I, I know that in this room, New Life Fellowship, we're incredibly diverse, and you might not know who you're sitting next to. And there is, uh, when, we, when folks come into our church, you might be well-to-do, and you might be sitting next to someone who's having a hard time economically, doesn't have a place to live. They might just be sitting right next to you. And so I imagine... In this room God has a couple of words for us. For those of you that you don't even know how you're going to get by. You don't know how to work out your living situation. You're looking for a job. You don't so, socially and economically you're just in a bad place. And what I want to tell you today is that God sees you. And God knows your story and God is with you. And you walk out of this place knowing that the living God is with you. And we at the body as the body of Christ We're here to serve you. And God will teach us. God will lead us by his spirit. He'll give us wisdom. But we're here as the body of Christ to do what we can to serve our brothers and sisters. And for those of you today that you came in here and that's not your situation, maybe you're at a pretty good place financially. Maybe you're in a pretty good place economically, socially. And God's word to us is that we will live... Generously with our lives, not just with our money, but with our very lives. That God would that we would offer our time, our talent, our treasures, to offer ourselves as a gift to the world around us. And so we are to be also walking jubilees as well, because the Spirit of God is inside of us. And one of the simple ways to do this is to to come alongside our CDC, to to support our CDC, to volunteer with our CDC. And uh, I'm going to bless you and dismiss you in a moment, but downstairs right in the shell room are some opportunities for you to learn about how to give, how to serve, how to partner with us. And that might just be, for many of us in this room, a very simple next step. What do you do from here? Where do I go from here? A very simple next step is to go downstairs, and you can go right through that door. That's the expressway, right down to the shell room, right down to the bagels, right down to the coffee area there. And so expressway right through that uh, door area. But... God has been doing some wonderful things in our church and what we see at New Life Fellowship is actually not really common for us to God has entrusted us with a global ministry and emotionally healthy spirituality he's entrusted us with this local ministry of our community development corporation God has poured out his gifts and grace on us uh, with incredible grace and generosity And our response is simply to respond with generosity ourselves. And so as we close, our prayer team is to my left. Maybe you came in here heavy-hearted. Maybe you are feeling, Lord, how are you going to provide for me? And there's some uncertainty and anxiety that you're wrestling with. Our prayer team would love to pray for you for whatever needs you have and uh jeff and millie will be here to my right to offer the bread and the cup to you for those of you that want to take in jesus to take the bread dip it in the cup so that your life will be marked by mission in the same way that jesus's life was marked by mission as well so whether you're coming for prayer whether you're coming for the lord's table whether you're going downstairs to our showroom um i want to invite you to come forward after i pray for you so let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing If you're watching online, if you're watching before your phone, before your iPad, before your computer, just open your hands as well as a sign of blessing. And we leave every gathering with blessing because the world is full of cursing and we want to walk out here knowing that the the blessing of God rests on us and we are called to be a blessing to the world as well. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he shine his face upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, on mission in the way of Jesus. And may you offer good news of Jubilee to all you encounter this week, that their sins can be forgiven that sight can be offered, that their broken hearts can be healed and restored in the name of Jesus. May you be a sign of the kingdom of God wherever you go. And so I bless you all today in the strong and the beautiful, in the generous name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.